Welcome to A Wild New Work, a podcast about how to take wise, soul-centered action in your work life and in your organization, all based on the wisdom of nature. I'm Megan Leatherman, a career coach, mother, and amateur ecologist living in the Pacific Northwest, and I'm your host today. Hi, friends, and welcome to this episode. Today, I'm sharing the second anonymous recorded coaching session in this experimental series, and this time, it's a conversation I had with a very insightful graphic designer who we will call Claire. For the past 10 years, Claire has worked as a graphic designer focused in branding and visual communication. She's worked mostly in smaller companies and on smaller teams, everywhere from in-house at a museum to tech startups to design studios. She reached out for a session because she was interested in exploring how to shift her relationship to work. Here's how she put it. How can I reframe my relationship to work or rethink its role in my life in a way that gives me meaning and a sense of having a full life where work is just a part of it rather than the main thing with everything else acting in a supporting role? If you didn't already listen to the first in this experimental format in episode 43, I want to just share some reasons why I'm offering these coaching sessions on the podcast. First, I know that many of you have never worked with a coach before and that it can be intimidating to ask for help when you need it. And so my hope in offering these sessions to you is that you gain some insight into what it might be like to work with someone. Obviously, every coach is different, so I can only offer what it's like to work with me, but I hope that this can be a small window into the world of career coaching. Second, and most importantly, there is so much learning available when we can sit with and just really immerse ourselves in another person's experience. I am always learning from my clients, and I am so humbled by their insights and courage and the awareness that they live their lives with. And so I hope that these conversations that I'll share with you over the next few months open up some new ideas for you about what is important to you in your working life right now. So this is still new territory for me and for the people being coached whose stories you will hear. And it's it feels a little vulnerable to broadcast this work. So please keep in mind that this is new and um, something that I'm still learning about. And I want to ground us first just in gratitude to Claire for sharing her, her story with us today. Before I dive in and share my conversation with Claire, I want to um, offer a couple of announcements. The first is that we have started a new Gemini season course in Cedar Lodge, and it's called How to Generate and Pursue Aligned Possibilities. So over the next four weeks, I will be stretching students' perspectives and inviting students into option generation, option narrowing, and then pursuit. You know, none of us are strangers really to the feeling of being overwhelmed by the things that we might want to learn or experience or even just the things that we feel like we have to do. Our world is really busy and it's not always in a fun or enlivening way. So in this course, I will be creating a space in which you can generate possibilities for yourself that are actually aligned with what you want and are hungry for, while also supporting you as you gently narrow your focus onto one area of curiosity, one area that has energy for you that you want to pursue and really look into. It is so rewarding to remember 
that we have options in our careers and then to actually pursue one of them, to pursue a field of study or just a thread that we're curious about or an opportunity that we're wondering about. And so if you feel the desire to generate more options for yourself and or you know that you want to spend some devoted time focusing on tangible options and pursuing them, you know, I hope you'll join us. The course, as always, is free to Cedar Lodge members, and you can learn more at the link in the show notes. After this course wraps up, I'm going to be taking a month off. So there won't be a course um, for cancer season, which is like end of June to end of July. So I hope you'll enroll in the course between now and when it ends on June 18th, if this resonates with you. And that brings me to my second announcement, which is just that after the next podcast episode on June 8th, I'm going to be taking a creative sabbatical until the week of July 19th. So for about a month, I won't be creating any podcast content, any weekly newsletters that I send send out, or um, a course in Cedar Lodge. So this has been an idea that's been brewing for a little bit of time, and I know that you know, creatively, I just need some time to regenerate. There's no, there's no crisis. I don't feel burnt out. I just know that, um, capitalism likes to make us think that we can go, go, go just constantly at the same pace, you know, forever. And I'm really feeling the invitation of early summer and cancer season to take some space and focus on rest and bringing some of that creative energy inward and letting it settle and also focusing on my one-on-one client work. So just a heads up that this pause is coming and I'll remind you at the next podcast episode, but I am trusting that I'll come back with some fresh insights to share with you all and I'm excited to spend time with you in this format throughout the summer. All right, well with that, why don't we start with our opening invocation? May each of us be blessed and emboldened to do the work we're meant to do on this planet. May our work honor our ancestors, known and unknown, and may it be in harmony with all creatures we share this earth with. I express gratitude for all of the technologies and gifts that have made this possible, and I'm grateful to the Cowlitz and Clackamas tribes, among many others, who are the original stewards of the land that I'm on. Okay, so I am going to share my coaching session with Claire with you now. And as a reminder, Claire and I have never worked together in this capacity before, although we have known each other in other settings. Normally, you know, I work with clients in a six-month intensive process, but this is my one and only session with Claire, and I did get some background information from her before we started. And I think that's all I need to share at the outset. So I hope you enjoy our conversation. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing a little bit about where you're at right now. And I think it's really wise and beautiful that you're thinking about how to kind of put work in the right place in your life. And that I'm really impressed that you have the fortitude and the wisdom to put up boundaries that it sounds like are unusual for your industry and the role that you're in. Um, and I'd love to just learn a little bit more about what that, um, what the relationship with work is feeling like right now. So can you walk me through like a typical work day, just how, not necessarily what happens, but yeah, what, what does it look like to get started? How are you feeling? 
how does it end? Can you walk me through that? Yeah, I would say my work days since working from home kind of ebb and flow. So there's either, it's either really intense um, with a lot going on, or it's usually pretty mellow and feels very good. And I'm able to kind of schedule my day around my energy and any meetings I might have. So working from home lets me have a lot of time to myself before work, which I love and like really sets me up well. Um, I just, my partner is usually not up. So I'm alone and with my dog and I take a walk every morning and it's just always time that I have to myself. That's really lovely. And so my mornings are usually pretty calm, even if things at work are chaotic and I feel pretty able to, um, handle kind of whatever's coming at me. Um, usually my days kind of, it can have a lot of meetings. Like today I have like seven meetings. Um, and sometimes they'll be totally devoid of meetings and I'll just be working. So it's, it really varies. Um, and similarly, the end of my day usually is pretty varied too. I can, you know, last week I worked till 9.30 at night, but that is pretty rare. I usually finish up around six. Um, and I think a lot of that is because I work from home. I think I'm able to say that I'm done when that is my choice. Usually if I'm not collaborating on something that's, you know, has a deadline that day, I'm usually know what I feel like is, is done. And I don't feel the need to stay online any longer than, than I should, but that's, that's a huge challenge in an office. So I would say that's pretty unique to being at home. Mm -hmm. Okay. And how do you usually feel by the end of the work day or the work week? I would say day to day is again, pretty varied, but the end of the week, I'm always exhausted, (laughs) just Mm -hmm totally spent. Um, and I kind of think that I have a hard time distinguishing if that's work or just no matter what I would do, I would be spent at the end Mm -hmm. of the week. That's just Mm -hmm. kind of how I am at the end of the day too. Pretty tired. I'm a morning person. And I think some things are just exhausting to me. Just, I think I'm a little extra sensitive to stimuli and just an introvert. So conversations and just, um, rushing between meetings can just be exhausting, even if it's not a typically taxing meeting, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. I feel that too. If I have like more than three video calls in a day, I'm just like completely wiped. So, yeah. yeah. I would also caveat that really quickly by saying it's a really specific kind of exhaustion that I'm sure you're familiar with and anyone working at a desk all day is it's not like it's not like being tired from exercising it's like I don't want to be sitting anymore Mm -hmm. I want to be moving but I'm almost like too tired to move also Mm -hmm. so it's almost this unsatisfactory tiredness that didn't come from exerting myself but it's just Oh yeah. Feeling exhausted at the end of the day, almost like mentally. And that kind of seeps, seeps in to everything Mm -hmm. else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I hear you. Do you feel like you, um, you know, you mentioned that part of your nature is just getting really 
it sounds like you would like to get really immersed in whatever you're doing or that you find value in that. Um, do you feel like you tap into that sort of flow state on certain days or regularly, or is it feeling choppier? Can you tell me about that? Um, yeah, I would say I can tap into that flow state pretty easily, but it requires a certain amount of time. And so when my day is chopped up, like you said, into these like really small segments of time, I just don't get into that flow state. But I would say my work is usually um, conducive to that kind of thing. If I'm, I mean, I shouldn't say all my work, I do a lot of different task oriented things throughout the day, but if I'm designing something, that is almost always a flow state for me if I have more than like 45 minutes to do something. So that's that's really nice when that happens. Good, okay. Um, and how do you feel like outside of the work, do you feel like you can sort of shut it off or is it, I know it's different being at home so much. Does it come into the rest of your life when you're not at your desk? I'd say I'm kind of in the middle and anything that's difficult, I, I can shut off the work itself um, like thinking about the actual design work, for example, I think the things that are hard to shut out for me are interpersonal things that maybe felt weird or unresolved. Um, I don't have a lot of that, but if it's something like, oh, I wonder if they thought I meant this when I meant this, you know, those are the kind mm -hmm. of things that are harder for me to shut off, but that's kind of how I am throughout my life. The actual mm -hmm. work work, I can shut off like immediately. Great. Okay. I don't know why I kind of see that as almost like a fault because I kind of mentioned, I think in my intake form, I feel like I'm supposed to be more attached to it or like obsessed with it in some way. And yet I feel, I feel very invested in it, but I'm also able to just put it where it is the actual work part of what I do. Mm -hmm. I think that's really healthy. I mean, from my perspective, like it's, it's like clearly you're clearly invested when you're doing it, but it doesn't sound like it would be adding any value to anyone's life for you to continue ruminating on it beyond what's needed. And I think, especially with creative work, like your subconscious is chewing on a lot of things that you're not consciously aware of. So when you come back to the project the next day, there's probably insights, you know, that may not have been there if you had sat and like tried to think of something. <laughs> Totally. So, um, I value that, that downtime hugely and feel like I can't function without it. So mm -hmm. it's, yeah, definitely. You mentioned like feeling this pressure to, or this desire to kind of reshift, reframe how you relate to work. And um, I want to learn more about like, if you, if, if your work were another person, let's say that you're in a relationship with, how would you describe your relationship with this other entity? right now oh that's so interesting how would I describe it my current job situation right now and the work I'm doing for that job feels a bit like after you've been dating someone for a bit and you know them and you're no longer like totally obsessed with them but you're still in that phase of like which hopefully continues if you're with that person of like I'm so lucky to be with you or like, I can't believe you like me. Mm -hmm. um, but you have a healthy 
perspective and that you're kind of past the infatuation you can see life beyond your relationship with just them Mm. but you still feel this sense of gratitude for it so it still feels special um, Mm -hmm. but maybe just not the intensity of that initial bond or pairing I guess Mm -hmm. it's a good match you're happy to be there maybe some of the realities of day-to-day life are coming coming up and you're seeing what it's really like to be there. Anything else you'd add? I'd say that's, yeah, that's pretty close. I often think of my work as a romantic relationship for whatever yeah. reason. I just compare it, I think, a lot to romantic relationships I've had and it feels like it's in a really healthy place. And yet the relationship is still really interesting to me and how I relate to it is very interesting to me and how others relate to their work is really interesting. And just as a society, kind of how we got here and how I personally got here is interesting, but right now it feels pretty healthy. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. I'm curious to know, you kind of laughed when you mentioned like, it feels like you know, where you feel like I'm so lucky to be with you. I can't believe you want to be with me. Can you say more about that? That just that it doesn't sound like a huge deal, but just that little sort of uh, self-deprecation or like (laughs) um, not subservience, but maybe feeling like the power dynamic is a little imbalanced or um, can you say more about that? I guess what I mean is like, I've been in romantic relationships where I have not thought, like it has occurred to me that I have not thought, oh, I feel lucky to be with you. Like not not lucky in the sense like, oh, you chose me, but more like we found each other, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Um, Like we seem like a good match. I feel lucky that that, that that kind of, made that we made something out of that um so maybe less of a like yeah I mean maybe it is but I guess I was thinking more of it like in that sense of of how lucky it is that this is a good match but maybe maybe I'm not reading into it right Um, (laughs) I trust you (laughs) yeah whatever your read is on it I totally trust I just wanted to ask more about that yeah, I, I guess because I've been in situations where I'm like, oh, I've actually never felt that way before with yeah. a romantic partner or even a job. And so it's interesting to act to feel that way, I guess. Yeah, yeah, okay. Why don't we zoom out a little bit? I would love to hear kind of whatever, and this can be a working draft, of course, but what are the sort of overarching visions that you have for your life that are bigger than work? Like if you can imagine yourself in 10 years, you know, it's 2031, where do you hope to be? Like, what does your life look like? Oh gosh. Um, I mean, I've kind of always envisioned, I shouldn't say always, but over the last couple of years, envisioned some kind of teaching or just being a part of a community in a way that I feel like I'm, I'm contributing. And I guess technically I'm contributing now, but it doesn't feel like contributing to me. Um, 
And so I guess what I mean when I say contributing is I feel like it should be useful or helpful to almost to individuals mm -hmm. on an individual level. Um, Cause I've tried to get really clear on what I mean by contributing because I suppose you could say anyone, I mean, not anyone, people moving around like invisible money isn't really contributing, but like most people are contributing by what they do, I guess, if you're like gonna get a little abstract about it, but I personally don't feel like I'm contributing. And so teaching feels like something I'm interested in and a way to contribute to individuals. Mm. So that feels like something I'm interested in exploring in the future. Um, I also just see like, I've always wanted to like, help rescues like animal rescues mm. or work in a bookshop <laughs> you know mm. just like my retirement would ideally be like rescuing animals and working <laughs> in a bookshop that's also a coffee shop so <laughs> yeah <laughs> that would be awesome I I want to feel like more a part of a community I think um and I'm probably missing that a lot more and feeling that more acutely being at home for so long Mm -hmm. Um, but I just, I want to be like on the ground in a community, you know, like somewhere where I am interacting with people every single day and contributing in a way that feels tangible and useful somehow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you have any insights into what that would look like? Like if you imagine yourself in 10 years and you're with, you're around people, like what are you doing with them? That's a great question. And I thought about that a lot and I can see it in a lot of different ways. Like I've had ideas about like really practical things in a community, like, you know, a repair and reuse center where you're helping people deal with like their stuff in a way that feels like you're not just dumping it, you know, like mm -hmm. helping people sew their clothes or repair objects or, mm -hmm things like that, which feels so random, but I, I don't know, that just seems like a really helpful thing that I wish existed. Um, that was like a community center down the street that you could just walk into and was like super welcoming and felt like a place you could just hang out and ask questions and there'd be like friendly people and I'd be like walking around physically in this place, like not on a computer, like doing things with my hands. Um, yeah, interacting with people face to face, having like engaged, but almost not like a slow day, but like an engaged and thoughtfully paced day. Mm -hmm. How about in the rest of your life? What do you imagine kind of in 10 years in terms of your vision? Just the, re the rest of my life. Um, yeah, where you live or your family or your health. What do you, how do you imagine yourself? I imagine being really active, being closer to um, like land, just like open land. Um, I kind of imagine somewhere like Bend, um, you know, which is just easy to get out into nature. Um, having a lot of physical activity, like doing a lot of physical activity, but also the kind of more intellectually challenging things that I sometimes, that I find in design sometimes. Um, 
but not necessarily design. I mean, I'm pretty open to where design takes me. Like, I think I'll always be in a creative industry in some capacity, but like what that looks like exactly feels pretty open. Like even now my job, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't even work at like a design studio. Um, it's, which I would have never guessed. It's like a creative studio. It's like a creative storytelling production studio. Um, and that's really cool. And like an interesting turn. Mm -hmm. Are there parts of this vision, if you imagine yourself in 10 years teaching or being really invested in a community around, you know, open land, really physically active, is there a part of it that feels that you feel the most hungry for right now? I would say the, the community aspect and I just like imagine myself on my feet and like <laughs> touching things, you know, just, I feel so disconnected being on my computer all day. And that's even if I was at work at a job or at an office, as opposed to being at home, it would be the same reality. I would feel a little less disconnected, I think, just being around people. But yeah, I think just working with my hands, doing things that exist in a three-dimensional space, mm -hmm. I'm really craving that um, and doing something off of a computer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Is there, is that present in your life at all now? Not at the moment. I would say I had a burst of doing, making art with my hands at the end, at maybe in the fall of last year. And then it kind of just, I wasn't super interested, I guess. I also really like, I like taking classes and I, but I like being in a studio with people. Um, mm -hmm. So I had a really hard time doing um, online, you know, Zoom classes because everything just feels like, as we know, just kind of like an extension of my computer day. And so I kind of just gave up on that. And I guess I, I get really inspired by being around other people and, and also just like learning things. So just sitting at my desk and, and coming up with things on my own, I feel like I almost need something to spark that from other people or almost like the community, you know, like that a class can be, um, to spark that initiation to want to do it on my own mm -hmm. also. Yeah. Okay. And where, yeah, where does community sort of fit into your life right now? Do you feel like you had one and it fell away because of the pandemic or you are starting from scratch or what, how do you define community right now? I would say all, like both of those things. I mean, I moved to Portland um, at the end of 2017. And that kind of blindsided me at how much I felt like I was starting over. I've moved a lot for school and grad school. And obviously with those structures around, it felt really easy to find friends and make groups of friends. I've lived in places where I had old friends and new friends and that felt just really easy. Um, but moving to Portland, for whatever reason, maybe just the age I was at when I moved here, it just didn't feel like there was any structure supporting that. And so it felt really um, lonely and isolating. And after, you know, I have a group of friends here, but I tend to 
gravitate towards like fewer better friends and I would say those are just harder to make those long-term friendships are harder to make and I see like you know seedlings of that happening now but I think it just takes a long time and so that's been tough um and then to kind of supplement that I'm pretty active in the in the community in Portland like the creative community or not even the creative community I mean I would go to lectures at Powell's and um, take art classes and go to design lecture series and kind of all of that together, I think made the lack of maybe fewer intimate friendships not feel so great because I felt like I was um, at least part of a bigger community. But once that was gone, I feel like I really felt the lack of the other sense of friendship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really resonate with that. It's amazing like how you can be so busy and surrounded by people, but then when in-person stuff goes away, it's it's been really interesting to evaluate sort of where where we are and what's left. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And it sounds like when you were talking about your vision of community it, that it's not necessarily like just a group of friends, but that it's you sort of partnering and collaborating and serving people either that you're in proximity with or may not even know, but that you're, it sounds like it's sort of localized, but not necessarily about friendships necessarily. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would include friendships in that and it would be cool if they overlapped, but they don't necessarily have to, yeah. Okay. So you mentioned like really missing that sort of tangible creative expression or just, um, yeah, being around people and making art or learning new things. As you, and no pressure or like need to, to fix this, this isn't like a problem <laughs> that needs to be fixed, but as things start, hopefully, you know, opening up a little bit more, are you noticing any trickles or percolations of ways that you can get this need met more, either learning a new thing or being you know, in proximity with people making something or fixing things. Are there any, is there anything on the horizon that can nurture that? I feel like I haven't even let myself look yet because I feel like the beginning of the year I was started <clears throat> looking again for, you know, classes and it was all still online and I feel so comfortable online at, at that point in the year I did. So I haven't really looked yet, but I'm I probably will soon. I get my second vaccine this weekend. So oh, <laughs> that will be, I think, the impetus to start looking at um, sincerely. Good. And what do you give yourself in terms of like tangible rejuvenation at home, either like after hours or on weekends? Mostly, I would say exercise, getting outside, meditating, spending a time alone in the morning just every morning and knowing that I have that time kind of no matter what happens the day before or what the day had looks like because working from home I get like a solid chunk of a couple hours in the morning to myself that feel just absolutely necessary <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah I hear you okay so it sounds like you've got ideas for potentially like putting feelers out for what could be helpful next in terms of just re-engaging with some sort of tangible practice in community with other people. Obviously that's not where we all wish it was, but that there's possibility there. 
it sounds like you have really lovely containers around the work, especially in the mornings, and that that's protected time, mm -hmm. um, and that you do have, you know, the like discipline to wrap up the day when you feel like the work is done. If you imagine that, so you're in this relationship with your work where you're in that really nice, healthy place where it's still exciting, but not overly obsessive. What do you feel like the relationship needs in order to be supportive for both parties for the long term? That's a great question. I think it feels like more involvement in the community and more opportunities to learn new things. For you? Yes, for me. Yeah, so involvement in the community, do you mean like the creative community specifically or did you have something else in mind? And then learning, do you mean new skills related to design or something new entirely? I think community could mean either the creative community or just my local community at large. I think it could be either. And it, I guess what that means to me is if I'm involved, I hope I'm contributing in some way mm. that feels helpful or useful. Um, and yeah, I think that could be as simple as something like teaching or something that's actually not related to what I do for work, but that somehow makes the community, you know, like leaves it better than when I got here. And are there things that you're contributing to the communities you're part of now that feel like something you want to build off of or continue to do? Right before the pandemic hit, I was looking for volunteer opportunities and I volunteered a lot in the past through the creative community. Um, there's an organization called the AIGA. It's a great organization. They're in most major cities. I've volunteered through that organization um, in Portland, but I just found that it just almost felt like an extension of work to me because I was mm. in that mindset. So I started looking for opportunities specifically. It was great to get so clear. I was like, I just want to do it a couple hours a week. I don't want to be on a computer mm -hmm. and I don't want it to be far from my house so that it feels really easy to get to. And I found this wonderful opportunity that I could walk to if I wanted to down the street that was called Books for Prisoners. And you basically, I don't, I don't know if you've heard of it before, but they, um, you are in a group that gets letters from prisoners around the country requesting specific books or just anything in a genre. And there's a little library that's all donated books. You pick them, you wrap them up. There's a, you know, a, a protocol for how you have to wrap them and then they get sent off. And that felt like so perfect mm -hmm. for what I was looking for because it was kind of an introvert type role too. It was like, I did it after work when I'm usually pretty tired. So I didn't have to interact with people too much. I mean, obviously you're in a group of people but it's mostly just looking for books and kind of minding your own work table. And it's just a couple hours a week. And I love being around books and just being in like that environment was really just soothing for me. So that obviously stopped at the pandemic but I've been looking to see when they'll open up again. That felt super rewarding to me. Mm -hmm. How about in terms of learning, like, is there anything that you're learning? <clears throat> the reason I'm asking these is to just get a sense of, you know, you shared like your larger vision, which I think is beautiful and certainly possible. And that 
you're doing things already that are sort of getting you there. And I want to know now, like, what is, what are the opportunities that are right in front of you? Um, mm-hmm. Knowing that we can't snap our fingers and, and create that vision, but we can build it. And so it sounds like you, you know, the volunteering role makes a lot of sense. And again, it's like working with used materials and providing them and getting them in the hands of the people in your community um, or a collective largely, largely. And then what about like learning? Like what is right in front of you that you're curious about that is maybe different than the work that you do, but that would enrich you and thereby enrich the work as well? Yeah, I have toyed. I I mean, I think I talked to you about this last year, but I toyed about going back to school, which I don't think was the right thing for me, but I think it was just this, does I just like crave learning and just being in this environment that really um, forces you to be super curious and ask a lot of questions that I feel like people don't ask themselves or of the world on a day-to-day basis. And I really like being in that place that is just like questioning everything. Mm. Um, And design is a great job for that. Like if you are, I mean, you have to be curious if you're going to be a good designer and you have to challenge the status quo if you're going to be a designer, even if that means, um, when I say status quo, that could be just an existing product that exists that you're designing, you know, Um, or it can be larger, but it can be as simple as that. And so that I do love that about design, but I'm also interested in being in that place just thinking about things culturally and in a larger systemic and sense of how we live in the world. And I've toyed with the idea of like taking classes at like Reed or um, PSU or Pacific Northwest College of the Arts, not even doing design or even anything design related, but almost like in philosophy or sociology or anthropology or something like that that feels like it taps into that just like just desire to be like learning I just feel like I don't have enough like time in the day or even energy to to do that but maybe I do I don't know Mm -hmm. yeah I was just gonna ask you know do you feel like your work needs to take up less space in your life in order to open up opportunities for more involvement in the community and learning Or is it that you just don't feel like the opportunities are there and so work is taking up a larger space as a result? I've been thinking a lot about this balance lately. This is like very top of mind because I think, so right now I'm kind of trying to get work into its proper place in terms of time, but also I'm not rushing to fill in the gaps that it doesn't take up right now. Like I'm consciously not signing up for that zoom class because I tend to do that both because I think I'm genuinely like curious but also I think I'm just trying to fill time because I have it so Mm -hmm. I'm consciously almost I'm just trying to do less right now and see what that time is like telling me almost it feels Mm -hmm. really like I don't really know what I'm looking for but I'm I guess I see I don't have children and I'm not sure I will have children. And the way I think about that is kind of similar. Like what is a good way to fill that time 
that I might otherwise be raising and caring for a human being. Like I want to treat that time that I might have in the same, with like the same regard and the same respect I would treat like raising a human. Mm -hmm. Um, if that makes sense, like, I don't want to just waste it away, not thinking about that time. And so I think I'm at this point trying to, I feel like pretty free from a time perspective, like more than I have in years, I would say, and I'm purposefully not trying to fill it, but I'm also thinking in parallel, like, what do I want to fill that with? Mm. And so that's been a huge part of my thinking recently. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really lovely. Most people don't have the discipline, I guess, to give themselves that open time or it's uncomfortable, um, especially if they have that hunger to learn and get involved. And so I think it's really wise that you're intuiting that, that the openness is actually what you need right now. And that you know, as the pandemic shifts, but also it sounds like as your spirit sort of leads you or as you evolve, like something else is out there, but that you're not going to try to manufacture it before it's ready, which I think is really smart. Yeah. And I think that's like part of why I'm also a little hesitant to start like taking classes again. Like I'm very conscious of like, I do want to do that and I do want to take classes, but I also feel like I just need this time to be really open in -hmm. a way and I'm not even sure why I just feel like it needs to be like, there needs to be a lot of breathing room right now. Mm. So I totally trust that. I just got an image of like your house with all the windows and doors open and just Mm. like clearing out like the space you're making room for who knows what, but the the air is getting cleared away. Oh, I love that. I love that. (laughs) That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. How has the spring felt to you? Is it Are you feeling any sense of fresh start or how how has that been for you? Yes, I feel hope. (laughs) I feel this way every (laughs) spring, I think, but especially this spring. I love the summertime and Mm. the warm weather and being outside. And so I think I just feel really hopeful and like, and like I am making room for something, but I don't know what it is yet. Mm -hmm. And that feels really hopeful. And it sounds like since the work you're trying to put work in its right place, it sounds like whatever is coming is different from work that doesn't sound like you're in the middle of a career transition, but you're trying to renegotiate work so that it can actually help support whatever is coming next, wherever you want to go next. Yeah, that feels really right. I think when I, it's, it's so interesting how quickly that happened because I felt like I was in a lot of turmoil last year and a lot of inner turmoil, I guess, not external. I had a consistent job, but um, I'm working for the same company now, but still full-time. And I don't know if it's the stability of full-time or I really respect and value the people of the company. And I'm now working more closely with them as opposed to being on a freelance role, which removed me from them and put me actually closer to the client. And now I'm, I don't know if that makes sense, but um, they were kind of the intermediary for me to work with a client. And now I work with them very closely and they feel the people that work there feel so um, human and like humane and aligned with my values that it just feels like a, a relief. You know, I don't feel like I'm fighting against something that feels wrong. And I feel like compensated appropriately which is like 
awesome and also just feels like a relief and not something that's just kind of in the back of my mind bothering me. Um, so I think that's part of it too, is just that part of work and my life feels really like settled, not in a like, okay, we don't have to think about that again, but in a, in a way that is allowing me to think about other things mm -hmm. and also put it in its right place, which I think is similar for me, at least to how romantic relationships have been in the past, like partnerships where when it is a good fit, it's like, you don't have to think about it as much almost, or mm -hmm. it's, you're obviously always working on it, but it's not taking up the same mind space. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. It can be sort of a stable foundation that you can, you know, draw from or, or leap from or whatever. Yeah. It feels really safe. And um, like, there's some perspective there. It doesn't feel like you're so entangled in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad that you got there and are there and nothing lasts forever, of course, but I, I think this is a really beautiful example of um, what's possible, I guess, when work is in a, when you're in a healthy relationship with work and um, yeah, it really can be this amazing ground that where other things can grow that, you know, aren't separate from the work, obviously, whatever you do next, it can only like enrich your work because it's going to enrich you. Um, and those two things aren't separate, right? Because it's you throughout every area of your life. <laughs> totally. um, so what would you like to call in? Not doesn't have to be tangible or specific, but as you are sort of on this precipice and clearing space and the doors and the windows are open, like, what do you want to sort of invite in? I guess trust in the process and and in myself kind of to like let that be open as long as it needs to be and not feel the need to force or push anything in just to push it in or just to make it feel more comfortable um I guess just always for me is like comfort sitting in the discomfort and just mm -hmm. trusting the process and watching that unfold and yeah thank you anything else you want to share I don't think I had articulated yet to myself and having that visual of that you expressed of it being like opening the windows and doors like that just felt really nice to let that sink in a bit and um, almost like make it more concrete. I don't think I had articulated that to myself that that's what I was doing, even though I could kind of feel that this feeling of um, I think initially it felt really passive to me, which felt I like judged it as negative immediately. Mm -hmm. um, it feels more like a leaning back rather than a leaning forward, which I think in our culture is interpreted as lazy or negative, um, but seeing it more as like maybe receptive and open to new things feels like a really nice way to frame it that I think will allow me to sit there longer mm -hmm. and and let me to be, continue to be receptive and not see it as a negative, passive mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm really impressed. And I trust, I totally trust that your intuition will let you know when it's time to take a more active role, but this is such a natural part of growth. So I'm really glad that you're moving with it. <laughs> cool. Thank you. Yeah. I keep mm -hmm. telling myself, I love, I mean, I love all our talks about um, the natural processes and secular growth. And I always, since meeting you, I've been like reminding myself that this is like, 
it's temporary, but it's also like part of the process and it's going to come back around and it's mm. not so scary. It's just, you know, it's natural. Yeah, that's been really helpful for me. Thank you, Claire, so much for sharing your story with us. And thank you, dear listener, for bearing witness to her process here. If you would like to learn more about what it's like to work with me one-on-one, you can visit awildnewwork.com slash coaching. I'm not currently taking new clients, but you can join my waitlist at that link and be notified when I'm open again in October. If you would like to schedule a single coaching session on a sliding scale and share your story on the podcast like Claire did today, you can visit awildnewwork.com slash podcast or visit the link in the show notes. I will be with you again in a couple of weeks to talk about the invitations of the final stages of spring and the early summer, and I hope you take good, good care between now and then. Bye. Bye.